This is just a quick test of recording. How does my voice sound? Is it annoying? Yep. It is. Welcome to This Week in Nickelodeon History. My name is Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you aboard as we celebrate some Nickelodeon anniversaries that have taken place in between the times of January 29th to February 4th. And it is a big week in Nickelodeon history, as on January 31st, 2023, we have the release, I believe worldwide release, of SpongeBob SquarePants' The Cosmic Shake, the follow-up to Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Purple Lamp Studios, who remade Battle for Bikini Bottom, gets to take everything they learned from that experience into an entirely new one. How does that pan out? I'm excited for it. And not only will there be an unboxing of the BFF edition live on the channel on January 31st, but I will live stream the game in a nice little chill mode with all of you guys, for any of you out there who can't pick up the game but just want to watch somebody play through it in a casual way, I'll have the live stream going up starting at some point early in the Eastern Standard Time, probably 8 or 9 to 10 a.m., anywhere around there. But it just depends whenever I can get everything set up. And hopefully the earlier the better, the more time to hang out and play the game with you guys, the better for me. So I'm excited for that. January 31st, 2023. But let's dive in this week in Nickelodeon history, all the way back in the 90s, of course, as we usually start out. 32 years ago, on February 3rd, 1991, we had the premiere of 15. The show, created by John T. Binkley, ran for four seasons of 65 episodes. The show has an interesting history, as it was first conceived for the Disney Channel, where a pilot was produced and tested, and although Disney did not go through with the idea, Nickelodeon, alongside a few Canadian partners, came together with show creator John Binkley and created what is known as 15, but also is known as Hillside, depending on where you are in the world, can have a, a different name. Uh, what's interesting about this show, out of all of its cast members to have gone off into other works, one name is going to stand out like a sore thumb, Ryan Reynolds. That's right, Deadpool, Van Wilder, I don't know if anyone else out there remembers that, uh, Waiting, any of these other movies that Ryan has been a part of. Of course, these days it's pretty much Deadpool, but Spirited on Apple+, Plus. There's there's been a couple of other movies to have come out. Ryan is a megastar in today's day and age, but did you know that during his experience on 15... He almost quit acting altogether. Yeah, that's right. There was a time when this guy decided, you know what? Maybe this whole acting thing isn't for me. Maybe I should move on. And since we're dealing with the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and the multiverse, can you imagine a multiverse of our own where a younger Ryan Reynolds decides to quit acting? Think of 
all of the movies and experiences and characters we miss out on, I've already mentioned a few, but I mean, then there's other projects like Green Lantern. I'm, I'm sure a few of us are then glad to not exist. But then again, another actor at that point in time could have just been thrown into the mix. But Ryan was the younger brother of one of the characters and hung out with a few of the other characters in the show. I haven't seen much of 15. I have seen the intro in some of my research. Uh, if you have any memories of the show, if you were an avid fan during its four seasons, let me know in the comments below. Although I stopped covering a lot of Nick Jr. and Noggin content on This Week in Nickelodeon History, I have no problem bringing up a genuine piece of lost media from Nickelodeon's history whenever I can. 25 years ago, on February 2nd, 1998, a spinoff of Gullah Gullah Island starring the Binya Frog titled Binya Binya premiered on Nick Jr. There were five episodes of this miniseries and it ran for four days from February 2nd to February 6th, 1998, and they have not been seen in their fullest since. Now, up to this point, there have been small snippets of episodes that have surfaced online alongside episode four in its entirety. But the reason I'm bringing this up is you never know when a message like this could get out to somebody who could potentially have a tape in their possession of a certain day of time in Nickelodeon's history. So if you happen to have a taping of February 2nd to February 6th, 1998, and you go through and you have Binya Binya in its entirety, please get in contact with me at nickelodeonhistory at gmail.com. 20 years ago on February 3rd, 2003, The Electric Piper premiered on Nickelodeon, the animated retelling of The Pied Piper of Hamlin, the movie was directed by Raimi Moosequiz and was originally finished in the year 2000, but due to some clearance issues with the music used in the film, it was held back before premiering in the year 2003. The movie also featured some guest appearances from Wayne Brady, Rob Schneider, and Rodney Dangerfield, I will uh, mention Rodney Dangerfield anytime I can on any one of my videos. After it originally aired on Nickelodeon, there were a few other times that it aired on the network before you would never see the Electric Piper again. And just like Crybaby Lane, this was thought to be a lost piece of Nickelodeon media before somebody uploaded the film in its entirety in the year 2016 on YouTube, where... It still currently stands, although at any point in time, it could be taken off. And I would argue if it's going to be taken off of YouTube, then it should rightfully be placed somewhere in a place where someone could still watch this. It shouldn't just be lost to everybody. Either put it up for sale or have it for free somewhere or put it on a streaming service. I don't know, but you cannot just let a movie like this just die out, even if you don't want to watch it personally others may. So we have to keep that option out there. <laughs> uh, 18 years ago on January 29th, 2005, SNCC came to an end on Nickelodeon. Now it wasn't a really dramatic end. SNCC was slowly depleting as an on-air presence very quietly in 2004, SNCC was rebranded as Saturday Night Nickelodeon, which is what SNCC stood for in the first place, and I don't think spreading out that branding 
was going to make it any classier, but eventually Saturday Night Nickelodeon was replaced by Teen Nick Saturday Night. But the Snick branding was still used for uh, a few months on the live-action segments before its final broadcast on January 29th, 2005, before Snick was only relegated to nostalgic rebranding. I still believe there is a purpose for Snick in 2023, and that's why for this week's Top 5, I decided to give out my Top 5 shows that could be on a revamped Snick in 2023, so stay tuned for that. Tuned with two O's, by the way. That's how we spell it here. 16 years ago, on February 3rd, 2007, the Naked Brothers Band premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Polly Draper, the show ran for three seasons of 37 episodes and five specials. The show was a mockumentary-style look into Polly's actual children, Alex and Nat Wolf, and their fictional band, although... Both boys in their own right had extraordinary musical talents to their name and brought on an entire ensemble of their friends onto the show. It was quite successful for Nickelodeon. It was not really a show that I was a fan of, but if you were a fan of the Naked Brothers Band, I hope you enjoyed it. They were offered more seasons by Nickelodeon, but due to the restraints of the show schedule on the family, it was decided that after three seasons, enough was enough. And both boys have gone on to grow up to be incredible actors in their own right. So congratulations to both Alex and Nat Wolf on their success. Fifteen years ago, on February 1st, 2008, the Nickelodeon TV movie Roxy Hunter and the Secret of the Shaman premiered. It was directed by Eleanor Lindo. Fourteen years ago, on February 1st, 2009, Teen Nick finished its run as a block on Nickelodeon. Ironically, we covered both the finish of Snick and the finish of its successor, Teen Nick. Although Teen Nick would go on to greater pastures than Snick, as it would stop being a block on Nickelodeon and would become its own channel, where then Nickelodeon had a home for all of its more adult-oriented sitcoms and content like Degrassi, they had a place to be if you were a teenager. You can watch Teen Nick as a channel instead of just having a couple of hours every single week. 11 years ago, on February 4th, 2012, How to Rock premiered on Nickelodeon. Created by Jim O'Doherty, the show ran for one season of 25 episodes. 10 years ago, on February 2nd, 2013, a decade ago, we had the final episode of Victorious on Nickelodeon. Created by... Hold on. Carbage human being! Ted Schneider! <coughs> Alright. Whoa! That was a deep one. The show ran for four seasons of 57 episodes. When this was airing on Nickelodeon, it was during the time, the last time, that I had Nickelodeon as a channel on cable. Because then eventually I would move and not have cable anymore and find other means to watch the shows I wanted to watch. But during that time that I had access to watching Victorious before it was on streaming services, I found myself enjoying the show, and this for all it's meant to be is essentially Nickelodeon's version of Friends. It's a sitcom, but the adults 
have no real standing in the show whatsoever. The main adult of the show is the teacher of the kids, which isn't uncommon. Boy Meets World is another show that I think of where a lot of the kids take the center stage more than the parents do. But this was a show that had instant chemistry between all of its cast members. To this day, you can look up any one of their social medias and you will find some sort of post in the last couple of years where a few of the Victorious castmates have met up and they've remained friends. It was evident to see when you were watching the show that there was a genuine friendship going on. And they made you believe that even a guy like Robbie, a ventriloquist like Robbie, would be accepted in this group of kids. And it's glorious. I absolutely love it. And I honestly believe Victoria's helped ventriloquism in some form on the main stage of media get its moment. It's an enjoyable performance of that character, uh, uh, Rex, Robbie's puppet there. But uh, if you haven't watched the show, I highly recommend it. It features one of my favorite teacher characters I've ever seen in a television show. Eric Lange, I think his last name is, Lange, plays Mr. Psychowitz, who, by all means, is a teacher that if you're a kid watching this show, you only hope that there's a teacher out there as trustworthy as this guy is with your education. I will tell you from experience, there are a couple of Psychowitz kind of teachers that you will find in your life, and not necessarily as eccentric and hippie-ish as Psychowitz, but with that level of care where when you are a student in his class or in her class, you are a part of the family. They care about you. They care about your education. And you can feel that with the way the writing was there with the teacher. So I enjoyed Victorious for what it was. I haven't seen the entire show in its entirety, but for any of you out there who have seen the show, let me know if you have any favorite characters, if you have any favorite episodes, favorite moments. I would love to hear from you. Let me know in the comments below. Four years ago, on February 1st, 2019, the final episode of Lip Sync Battle Shorties premiered on Nickelodeon. The show, which was a spinoff of Lip Sync Battle, originally premiered a special hosted by Sarah Hyland called Lip Sync Battle Jr. on Nickelodeon and Spike TV before the decision was made to produce a show in its entirety of Lip Sync Battle Shorties. The show was presented by Nick Cannon and Jojo Siwa and ran for two seasons of 20 episodes. Now, before he said it, I certainly held the opinion of Bo Burnham when it came to Lip Sync Battle of, does this really need to happen? Do we really need to see celebrities unironically or ironically sing to songs? And it's just played out. But a kid version of this, completely fine. If kids want to lip sync to songs... That's what kids do. That's what kids enjoy. At kids' parties, karaoke is a fun time. And even in the idea of TikTok, it was originally meant for kids making these kind of videos. Or at least that's where its whole start and beginnings came from as a, as a place where kids can lip sync to songs and whatnot. So that kind of content is extremely popular with kids. So it's understandable why a show like this was made. Uh, Nick Cannon, though, I don't know if he still attracts 
that Nickelodeon audience, or maybe he's there to just carry over any of the audience that's, you know, going to be into lip syncing, but I, I don't know. The anniversaries may be over, but it is now time for Captain Eric's Top 5 of the Week. This week, my top five shows on a rebooted Snick on Nickelodeon. Now, Snick is a concept that Nickelodeon should have built on top of, as Cartoon Network has done with Adult Swim. Originally, Adult Swim was one night a week before it encapsulated almost every single night. Toonami has expanded itself into even original programming with its host, but Snick went through so many different little revamps at the end of its run before fizzling out that I think it's time for Snick to make a comeback. It is time for Saturday nights to be Snick once again. People say that television is dead, and the fact is that they're just competing with every other live stream out there in the world. Whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Twitch, whether it's on any other streaming service, it's attention that is at hand. It's not necessarily cable versus internet, because even when you get rid of cable, you can sign up for YouTube TV, you can sign up for Sling. There's plenty of services that then give you access to television channels. So, in a way, Nickelodeon still investing in a SNCC on Saturday nights, or even if it's a Sunday night SNCC in a different way, and you can have more adult-oriented stuff during that time. Either way, these are five shows that I would put on this revamped SNCC the, the first two here are already one being made and two in production as we speak. Number five is the iCarly reboot, which is currently airing on Paramount+, Plus, but in my opinion is the blueprint on how you can properly age up with your audience while at the same time still featuring a product that could still be enjoyed by families in most regards. It is what any other show who wants to come back and adapt with their audience should look at. There's a few other examples out there you could point to, but iCarly has done a fantastic job and I think would be fantastic for a new SNCC lineup. Uh, number four is the Ren and Stimpy reboot, which is currently being made for Comedy Central, but of course we have to get our boys home back on Nickelodeon. On SNCC, that would be the place for it. Now, I know why it's on Comedy Central, because they just feel like, well, that older audience is going to watch a channel like Comedy Central over Nickelodeon. But that's why you would want to fully rebrand SNCC as that place for that older Nickelodeon audience. You don't want to send them to an entirely different channel. Oh, you've aged up out of here. Go over there. That's, that's not how you create synergy. You don't just shift them off. If that's the case, hey, you have a Nick Jr. channel. Why don't you take all of that Nick Jr. content in the morning and just push it off onto the channel? Well, you can move them over there in that regard. Well, there's numbers to be found on the main Nickelodeon channel. Exactly. So let's use it and get the Ren and Stimpy reboot on Nickelodeon where they belong. Number three is a show that does not exist. It's not in production. But if there was another Nicktoon that should make its return to television for a revamped version of SNCC. I cannot think of another Nicktoon more suited for a more mature audience than Invader Zim. Let the team come back and let them continue where they left off. Just let them make the show they want to make. If it gets dark, it gets dark. It gets 
people talking online. More people tune in to Snick for more Invader Zim. How crazy is this show going to get? If the show is on at an appropriate time for the intended audience, then there shouldn't be a need to freak out if some kids stay up and watch it. In the same regard, that same kid waking up could go to another channel and watch something even worse. So, I don't know. I think Invader Zim needs to find a new home at Nickelodeon in some way. It needs to come back. Number two is a talk show. A talk show in which the guests are the creators, animators, voice actors behind all of your favorite Nicktoons, as well as the Nicktoons themselves in various forms, where I would play the Andy Richter and my Conan would be none other than Stick Stickly. That's right, a Stick Stickly talk show where we not only bring on the people behind the Nicktoons, but the Nicktoons themselves. Can you imagine a very small live audience where we get really intimate conversations with those who have worked in the animation industry and then get to feature the animation themselves? We get to bring back these cartoons. And Captain Eric, of course, providing whatever sort of witty commentary from the couch. But this does not take the number one spot for as much as I love a concept of a talk show with Stick Stickly. My number one show for revamped Snick is that of Kablam. But hear me out. Not really a full reboot of Kablam in the sense of all of those segments like Action League Now and Life with Loopy. A reboot in which we go from the comic books of Kablam to the streaming service of Kablam. It is now Henry and June as sort of those clippy assistant characters on your screen showing you various animated shorts from around their service. And their service could be made up of original shows from around the world. You could go to YouTube right now and you are essentially living that experience. There is a plethora of original animation made by even just single people on their own that is jaw-dropping. There is already that version of Kablam living out on the internet. Now, there is a ton of this original content online that certainly would not be Nickelodeon appropriate, but I'd like to imagine that there are a ton of animators out there working on their own, fully successful, that at one point in time dreamed about working for Nickelodeon. And what better way to feature a bunch of different creators at once in small segments than to bring back Kablam for an entire new generation? I love that idea. It's an idea that I will continually love because at any point in time, it's just going to be a curated list of the best of the best as far as what we have found in terms of, of animation, those individuals who are just oozing with creativity in different mediums. I'm not even saying in 2D animation, think of shows like Marcel the Shell with its just adorable stop motion animation, which would not just that, but that style would feature beautifully in a new version of Kablam. But that is going to be it for this week in Nickelodeon history. I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming aboard and joining me to celebrate some anniversaries. If you have any sort of questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, you can send them in at nickelodeonhistory at gmail.com. Please check out my other podcast, I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, dropping every Thursday on most conceivable podcasting platforms, including youtube.com. 
the video version of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast is also available on Spotify. If you would like to follow the captain on social media, you can do so at I'm Ready Podcast on Twitter and at SpongeBob Podcast on Instagram. If you would like to support the captain, the best way is by subscribing to the YouTube channel, going to youtube.com slash at the captain Eric or clicking in the description below where you can find the YouTube link. Subscribing there is your best way of showing your appreciation. Joining the Ready Crew is by all means the best way of supporting me, but if you'd like to go the extra mile, you can do so by clicking on that red bubble link in the podcast description below where you can find a multitude of different Captain Eric logos and pieces of art that you can put on different products like stickers, hats, t-shirts, or even duvet covers if you so please. Anything that comes in from my projects go directly back into my projects and it is always appreciated. As always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again to another episode of This Week in Nickelodeon History. I'm here with my friends, Nickelodeon,